the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio. Winning series is a whole lot of fun when it's how you envision it, how you uh, want to do it. And quite frankly, this is a game that the Brewers they've played this kind of game a million times this season. 3-2 to two the final tonight. Devin Williams locks down. Brandon Woodruff pitched great. The bullpen was great. The offense was late arriving, but it was fashionably late, if you will. And the Brewers maintain their two-and-a-half game lead in the NL Central. Quick update on the standings. The Reds and Pirates are rained out tonight. Doubleheader tomorrow. The Cubs, they defeated the Blue Jays with some dramatics late in their game. The Cubs win, so they stay two-and-a-half games back as the Brewers also win. I'm Dom Cutronio. Pleased to be joined by Jerry Augustine here tonight. And Augie, I mean, it's formulaic at times, right? You, you get a little bit of offense, and we'll talk about the offense, but it, it's Brennan Woodruff looked as sharp as ever. Then Hobie Milner, four up, four down, ho-hum. Piguero gets the one-out assignment of Eloy Jimenez. And then Devin Williams, yeah, he allowed a leadoff single, but strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. It, it just felt routine almost, and most teams would really be sweating out a one-run game like this. Well, that's the way this ball club plays. You know, you talk about the way they have played all year. They make sure that when you go play the Milwaukee Brewers, there's 27 outs in the game, and they're going to keep coming at you for 27 outs. And that's what I really like about this ball club. You look at what they did last night coming back and winning the ball game in extra innings. Uh, it was an awesome time, awesome game. But to come back tonight, you know, down two to nothing, coming that seventh inning, all of a sudden you come up, you get a big, a big swing of the bat, and you're right back in it. And, Take the lead, and once you take the lead, you got a good bullpen. And one reason that the Brewers are where they are is they've got a strong bullpen, and they pitched very well tonight. The Brewers again were trailing most of this game, and and Josh Maurer had the great stat on the uh, network post game show a moment ago that each of the last seven wins here in the in the month of August for the crew, all seven of them have been come from behind wins. And now it sounds like all right, hey, they got clutch hitting and things are going well. But a lot of that is the pitching and the bullpen continuing to shine. And bullpen, you know this, Augie, it is so hard to quantify bullpen performance and as a unit, and ERA is not a good number sometimes and things like that. But the Brewers, it's just, you add them up, and I think it's the one-run record. They're now 24-10 and 10 in one-run games. That's the second-best record in all of baseball. That's because their bullpen is keeping them inside of all these contests. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, and you look at this ball club, we in the last month have been talking about the, the three-headed monster that they have in that bullpen with Pagaro and Piumps and, and Devin Williams. And that they do. They shorten the game. They may, they shorten the game. When you get to the seventh inning, that, that game could just well be over because you got that strong bullpen. But now you're looking at, at, at Abner Uribe and you're looking at what Hobie Milner did tonight. And you've you got um, a lot of guys out there that can really throw strikes. It just broadens the game. It shortens the game. And I thought uh, I thought Craig did a great move tonight by bringing Hobie Milner in in that seventh inning to get two outs and then starting the next inning getting two quick, out, quick outs, getting ending with Viantendi and then bringing Pagaro. I thought it was a great move. I thought that won the ball game for him. And you, you see what he's done with this ball club. It, it's a bullpen that you just said, Dom, that is going to take you to the places that you want to be. They're consistent. And it showed it again tonight. And now you add Miller to it. 
I think you have with, with Uribe, uh, Abner, uh, you have a, 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 a ability to shorten the game another inning with his velocity and what he showed you last night. Because uh, you, you talk about a guy who clocks out at 100 and gets that sinker down. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Uribe last night was fantastic. So you look at what this this bullpen can do, it can shorten the game as much as you want it. And it all goes with a great starting pitching staff. you got a pretty good pretty good definition or a pretty good system that you want to use to win ball games. And you look at the Brewers bullpen right now, right? They've, they've got eight guys down there. I really think they've got no problem with giving to lead to seven of the eight guys. And the only guy they wouldn't, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, J.C. Mejia, but it's just because there are guys ahead of him on the depth chart. I think they absolutely trust Bryce Wilson with length and to get an out and to throw him with a lead or in a tied game. And then you go on to the rest of the list of the guys, Andrew Chafin, Hobie Milner, Elvis Peguero, Yoel Piams, Devin Williams, and, of course, Abner Uribe. And Uribe's you know, presence as of late, he's been throwing a lot as of late, but Devin Williams has thrown now four of the last five days. As The only day he hasn't thrown was the off day on Thursday. So I imagine he's going to be off tomorrow and get that double off day. This Bruce bullpen might be a little weak tomorrow. Granted, Yoel Piams got the day off today, but it's another example of Craig Council having a a firm pulse and having his finger on the pulse of his bullpen, knowing who's available, knowing how he needs to use them. Piguero's been used a ton. This is the most he's ever been used as a rookie. I mean, he's got, he's going to be over, well over 50, 60 appearances by season's end. Uh, Devin taking over the closer role has been awesome. Hobie Milner's top three in all of the National League in appearances. And you want to make sure these guys are good to go come October, but it's games like this where you need that A bullpen, but because it's so deep, they're able to use a, a variety of mixture to get the job done. And, and this is the difficulty of being a manager in so many one-run games because you, you want to win the game immediately and just throw out all the best arms. But Craig Council has that understanding of, okay, you can't go all in on this game. There's another one tomorrow. There's another one tomorrow. There's another one tomorrow. There's another game in October sort of thing. And, and that isn't, again, quantifiable, but it's what the Brewers have with Craig Council. It is, and but you know you you see whether he's handled this bullpen. I you just have to enjoy watching what he's done with Abner Uribe and how he's brought him along. And you look at the confidence that he pitched with last night with that hundred and one mile an hour sinker in this first pitch, and when he does, when you got a guy like like Abner Uribe. He can play huge things as we get along. He's the type of kid that is just learning how to pitch in the major leagues, but he can come into situations and doesn't make any difference what time of the game, time of the game it is, and he can help you. You got that along with a Hobie Milner, and you mentioned Bryce Wilson, who's done an outstanding job, but he can come in and, and give you some outs. And, you know, Andrew Chafin is going to be better as they get along. He's a veteran pitcher that understands what he has to do to be successful. When you take those guys and you add it to the Piams and you add it to the Baguero and you add it to the Williams, boy, that's a well-rounded bullpen. And when you have a great bullpen, what do you do? You shorten the game. And when you can shorten the game, you get the lead early, uh, in the mid part of the game. Boy, I'll tell you what, the things look very favorable to you. And you got to take what they did tonight. They scored three in the seventh, took the lead, and the game was over. Now, we've taken way too long to talk about Brandon Woodruff here. And, and, and Woody works into the seventh inning, uh, facing an extremely aggressive team in the White Sox. 86 pitches, 53 strikes heading into that seventh inning. Uh, he allowed two runs, one on a homer, one walk, five strikeouts. He looks like he hasn't skipped a beat from those four months off on the injured list. And 
you know, everyone was holding their breath. The velo is still there. The changeup looks fantastic. The opponents really struggled with the changeup tonight. The curveball was maybe the best we've seen it yet in these two starts. I, I was thrilled to see Woodruff back up a great start against the Pirates on Sunday with another great start today against the White Sox. Yeah, he sure is. And, you know, when I usually give names to pitchers, like I call Burns, I think he's a doctor because he goes out and he just uses that that good curveball that he has along with that uh, slider and that cutter, and he's he's very successful. When you talk about Brandon Woodruff, he's a warrior. He goes right after you. And I'll tell you what, the usage of the two-seam, the sinking fastball with that four-seamer that he can rise up, those are two very quality pitches. Yeah, tonight he struggled a little bit to change up and didn't get the pitch where he wanted to. That's another pitch on those first two pitches that he, when he gets that going and he can throw it on a consistent basis, it just makes him that much more devastating than he's got the breaking ball to go with him. But the one thing that impressed me tonight is his aggressiveness in the strike zone. He was, from inning one, he went out and he challenged the hitters. That's one thing you're going to see from Woody. He's going to go up. He's not going to back down. He's going to go right after you. And I'll tell you what, as the game went along, you you see him get better and better and better. And that was really good to see. When he needed it, he got it. And when he wanted it, he had it. And that's what you want to look. You want to, not only, it's not only about being able to throw a pitch and execute it, you have to locate it too. And Woody's getting better each and every time out. He's been awesome and Man, as I said after his last start, when there's 50 games to go, if he goes every you know five days or whatever, six days or whatever, you know that's that's 10 more starts of Brandon Woodruff, and the Brewers are now one and one in starts by Brandon Woodruff. But he wasn't the reason they lost the other game on Sunday; it was the offense's fault. So just get him a little bit, and good things happen. Eight five five six one six one six twenty again. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. This text from Aaron in Illinois. Great win tonight. Usual nail-biter, but take him any way you can get him. So great to have Woody back. Maybe now we can see the full potential that this team has. Is uh, He wasn't great tonight, but I'm really happy with the Santana addition. Is he under contract for more than the rest of this year? No, he is a rental. So Santana is a one-and-done for these next month and a half or so with the Brewers. See what he does in the postseason. Rowdy Teles is on his way back on a rehab assignment. Again, 855 855- 616-1620. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Back with Augie and more from you after this on WTMJ. To Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dom Catronio. Jerry Augustine is with us as well. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This text from Doug said it last night. Time for Tyrone Taylor to play every day. Big hit from him. Keep him in the lineup. That's a fair question. Probably means Joey Lemur would have less uh, playing time. But I will say... Uh, I think a good example, Augie, I think you can agree with this. Uh, Joey Weimer's defense is certainly worth a run in itself. And Tyrone Taylor, an ill, this uh, a poorly chosen dive attempt on the Gavin Sheets liner into right field earlier in that game. It led to a run directly. Obviously, the Brewers won the game, so it doesn't matter that much. But uh, the Brewers love Weimer's defense enough to keep him in there. But, yes, it's good to see Tyrone. He's been playing well. He's eight for his last 25 now uh, in his latest stint at the plate. And uh, good to see him finding a little bit of form here in August. 
Yeah, he provides, you know, he's got a little bit of power. He's a good defensive outfielder. He can play anywhere in the outfield. And, you know, you have to like what he's been doing since he's been back. He struggled early when he came back, wasn't swinging back, didn't have the timing down. But he's he's come up with some big hits and that double, that that good at-bat he had against uh, Skolton in that seventh inning, fighting off and getting that breaking ball and taking advantage of a breaking ball up in the zone, did a nice job and scored, scored two runs right there and got him right back in the ball game. It was uh, the Brewers' offense that we're we're so used to. It seems like where it's just not a lot. And I, I want to tip my cap. Uh, we we've talked about on this show before the difference between a bad offensive approach and a good hitter on the other side, or, or a good pitcher. I beg your pardon. On the other side, right? We know Brewers fans know what good pitching looks like, and in my opinion, tonight was one of those nights where we saw good pitching. And Jesse Schultens, that slider looked unhittable at times tonight. The Brewers could not lay off of it. He really tunneled it well. He was getting weak contact for the most part, too. I tip my cap to him, but also thanks to Pedro Griffol for leaving him in there in the seventh inning far too long. You could see him lose effectiveness, and the Brewers are ready to pounce on him. You know, one of the big things in baseball that you you get, Dom, is when you have a young pitcher out there, and that's what you had in Jesse Scoltz tonight. Uh, I thought he was really good. He had a great breaking ball, had a little slider, and he located his fastball really well. The one thing you always want to do is try to finish with young pitchers, especially that, that first season. Try to fish, finish with pitchers as positive as you can be. And anytime you have a guy go into the seventh inning, lead off with a walk, uh, you, you, I, I just thought that was a time that you might want to make a decision to, that Gorfell must uh, would have taken him out of the ball game. He had thrown the ball so well, uh, and especially after that, after Monasterio's swing singles, uh, getting him in, getting him out of the ball game. I think you want to try to leave on a positive note. You know, one thing happens with young pitchers, and then, and the way it goes, Dom, is when you're a young pitcher and you go out and you battle like he did today. I thought he pitched a fantastic ball game. You go out and all of a sudden it turns a fantastic ball game into a not fantastic ball game. It takes you into a loss and it's a negative. And that that really ponders on pitchers because now you're starting to question yourself on pitches. You're questioning yourself on what you did with locations. And that's not a, a good thing for a young pitcher. You want to keep it in a positive mode each and every time. So I just thought that, that Pedro did the Brewers a, a favor by leaving them in the ball game. But I'll tell you what, Jesse pitched a great ball game and the Brewers did exactly what they needed to do in that Seventh inning, come up with the big base hit, scored a, a three runs, and uh, win the ball game with their bullpen. I mean, let, let's break down that seventh inning, right? So for the second consecutive inning, Schultons had walked the leadoff man. However, in the sixth inning, he managed a double play, and there was really no damage against them in that frame. And then still leading two to nothing in that bottom or top of the seventh inning, another leadoff walk. And in my opinion, that should have been the moment that Griefel went out and got him and got the bullpen. Should have had the bullpen ready to go because a walk is a rally in a two nothing game. It could be over in the blink of an eye. But then he leaves him in for Monasterio who singles in the left field. Bryce Terang was trying to bunt. So for all y'all who are saying, why don't they bunt more? Why don't they bunt more? It's hard to bunt in the big league sometimes, especially when it's not an organizational priority. He fouls off the bunt but still gets the job done with a deep fly ball to center field, setting the stage for Tyrone with two strikes, mind you, hanging a breaking ball. Tyrone lines it in the left center field, and that was far too long for Schulten to stay in this game. 
But the Brewers manufacturing runs to tie the game. The home run ball hasn't been very consistent this season for the Brewers. The fact that they can do it again from the bottom of their order is certainly encouraging in my eyes. It is. And, you know, you take, let's take that seventh inning. I, I thought Mark Canna did a great job of inducing a walk. You know, you had to get up. You had to get a guy on base. You talk about keys in the inning. In this inning, there were really a lot of keys. And I think the, it all starts with Mark getting on base on the walk. I think the next thing was is Bryce Trang. You talked about the bunting. Not only did he, did, he didn't get the bunt down, and that, that does happen from time to time, but I'll tell you what, he got the runners over with that deep fly ball. That was huge. So we got two keys in the first three batters other than Monasterio's base hit. And then you got Tyrone fighting off a couple pitches, getting that breaking ball, hitting it in for a double in the, in the left center. And then you got two outs, and what happens? The guy who's been coming through almost every game, Contreras comes up, hits a sharp single line drive to center field. They go ahead three to two. The difference in the ball game. There's so many keys in that inning that took place for the Brewers to score three runs and win that ball game. And that's that's what you like to see. You like to see a team late in the ball game, not giving up, but do the little things you have to do to win. That inning showed three and three big things what happens when you put things together that you can come out ahead, and that's what the Brewers did tonight. Looking at the player of the game poll I've got now up on Twitter, uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now is Brandon Woodruff, but a lot of support for Tyrone Taylor in the write-in category as well. Uh, Woodruff has 45% of the vote. Contreras has 23% of the vote. Devin has 21% of the vote. And then it's the uh, Tyrone Taylor with 11% of the vote. Uh, another one saying, Hobie Milner, huge four outs out of the pen. Love that from Lucas. Uh, have to go with Woody. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, Tyrone Taylor. Uh, Brandon Woodruff definitely was around the zone all day and had very few deep counts that allowed him to pitch into the seventh inning. You, you can't go wrong with this one. I'm going to go with Devin Williams because a leadoff single and then shutting things down with three consecutive strikeouts, he, he made it look way too easy to get the job done. He's my player of the game. Yeah, they, I, you know, I you, any night you go with Devin Williams is a good night. I mean, they, he's just so consistent. I really liked the, the Tyrone Taylor double. I thought he fought off and he stayed back on a good breaking ball. Where when you look at Scolds, uh, how good he was with that, with his breaking ball. But I, I'm going to go with Woody. I, I tell you what, second time out, it's something you look for a pitcher is his strength is in his three pitches. His, Sinking fastball, his forcing fastball, and his changeup. He had two to three tonight, and what did he do? He went on battle, used his breaking ball effectively, but when he needed to reach back and get a little bit more, he was able to locate it. So I just like for the second time out, I wouldn't probably two starts down, I probably would have gone with Tyrone, but on this start, being a second start out, pitching as well as he did, I'll go with Woody. The player of the game is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donation makes a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. You can join in the show, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. we got one more segment with Augie, including our difference-making moment, a 3-2 win for the crew once again. They've won the series against the White Sox. Go for the sweep tomorrow. More to come after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers going for a sweep tomorrow. 
We're still with Jerry Augustine. I'm Dom Catronio. Let's get to our difference-making moment of the game, brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. From a fee-only fiduciary, forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Augie, what caught your eye tonight for the difference-making moment? Well, you have to look at it. When you look at it, you got it. How, how else can you... And you look at the game, but think what Tyrone Taylor did in Contreras with two outs. I think most people would go to that. I'm going to take another step. I'm going over to the pitching side of it, and I'm going to go at Hobie Miller. I'm left-handed. He's left-handed. He came in, I thought, four huge outs tonight against a team that could score some runs. This is a good offensive team, that the White Sox. So I think Hobie came in and said, just showed everybody saying that, you know what? We have Pagaro, we have Piams, and we have Devin Williams, but we also have Hobie Miller in that bullpen. I'll come and do a good job for you. And tonight he did a great job, and I think that's a big difference part of the ball game. I'm going to be in a similar vein to you. Instead of Hobie Milner, I'm going to go with Elvis Pagaro, right? Elvis has had a couple of rough outings as of late. Uh, yesterday he got paper-cutted to death, if you will, with an infield single, a bloop double, and then a chopper over the mound that he barely missed to have a run on his ledger. But if anybody who watched that game realizes, yeah, he didn't pitch that bad, and Craig Council believes so as well, believed him as much to bring him back in tonight to face one batter and one batter only, Eloy Jimenez. And he trusted him to get Eloy, the biggest power bat in the opposing side, right on right, sinker ball, sinker ball, sinker ball, and boom, he just hits a little tapper, squib right back to the mound, and Piguero handles it. I thought that was huge, not only for the trust for Craig Council to say, Elvis, we're going back to you even though you blew it yesterday technically, but also for Elvis's confidence, right? Understanding he still has a place in leverage on this team on a night that, you know, we learn after the fact that Yoel Piams was not available. They're worried about his workload as of late. You knew you had Devin Williams for the ninth, so how were you going to bridge it for that final out of the eighth inning to make sure you got it to Devin still with the lead? I thought having that trust in Piguero, him coming through could create some momentum for him moving forward. That's a great call, Dom. I honestly got I'm going to compliment you on there because I think that is a great call. And the reason I say it's a great call because I'm left-handed. I'm going with lefty Holmer, Bobby Milner. But I, I think we could have gone with Tyrone Taylor or Contreras. But when you look at what Craig does with this pitching staff, it's about putting guys in a situation to have success. Pagaro's been there all year. He's been fantastic in what he's done, and he's been struggling a little bit. He's given up some base hits and a little struggling just a little bit. Getting him in tonight's game against their best hitter and getting that out puts his frame of mind right where you want it, positive. And I thought Craig made a great move by letting Milner go to four to get the four outs and then bringing in uh, bringing him in and letting him get that final out, getting him in his out. I, I just thought Pagaro did a great job, and now he's back in that positive frame of mind so let's look ahead at tomorrow now 64 and 54 the brewers they remain two and a half games up on the cubs the reds they were rained out today so they stay technically in third place but they didn't play today uh and then tomorrow freddie peralta against dylan cease and cease hasn't had the same year as he had last year when he finished runner-up in al cy young last year he had a 2-2 oera this year it's doubled at 442 a lot of walks uh, a lot of homers this season compared to last season. Also a lot more contact against him, too. He, here's somebody that the Brewers know that they, there's a scouting report on. The breaking ball hasn't quite been there for Dylan Cease this year. But somebody that the Brewers, maybe they can be comfortable and not scoring a lot of runs again. 
But it's important, in my opinion, for the Brewers to get greedy tomorrow. Go for a sweep tomorrow because your next six games are against legitimate contenders in the Dodgers and the Rangers. And then he got the Twins right after that as well. So I shouldn't disparage them and count them out of that. They're leading the NL, the AL Central right now. Uh, and then it doesn't really get easy either because you still got a series with the Padres. Uh, you got the Cubs lurking. You'll have a trap series with the Pirates coming. I mean, this is a good chance to get greedy Get another win in the column before things get really tough on this road trip. Yeah, it is. Uh, you got the perfect guy going for you, Freddie Peralta, tomorrow. I, I'll tell you the way he's been throwing the ball. And, you know, it's, it, it was said it on the national network tonight. When you look at the pitching staffs, you take the three guys that the Brewers have with, with Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. It doesn't get much better but better than that. I think you had Wade Miley, and it doesn't get any better than that. But, uh, you know, you look at it, but you look at the way Freddie's throwing the ball. He gives you that different look. you got Corbin Burns with that good cutter, that good slider, and that good curveball. And then you got Woody with that, that warrior-style pitching with his fastball, his changeup, and his two-seam two sinker. Well, Freddie Peralta gives you a little bit of everything. He's more of a duck-and-drive pitcher. He gives you a different look out of his hand. So I think the Brewers got who they want. When you talk about a guy like Dylan Cease, he's a, he's a type of kid, kid that he'll go out and he's going to give you everything he can. Nobody likes to lose it, uh, get swept in a series. He's the type of guy that would like to stop that stop that possibility of being swept. And I think he's going to give the White Sox a good ball game. So we're going to see a good ball game tomorrow between those two guys. Freddie in the second half has thrown 30 innings. He has 44 strikeouts and just seven walks allowed. That seven walks is my favorite number of all those I just listed. A 173 opponent batting average and a 300 ERA. And that even includes six earned runs allowed against the Braves back at American Family Field on July 21st. So all of his other starts have been virtually dominant in his last one. Seven strong innings tied a career high again with 13 strikeouts against the Rockies. Man, you, you said it right, Augie. He's exactly who you want leading you into a cross-country off-day flight, heading to Los Angeles after tomorrow's game for three big games with the Dushers. And uh, speaking of great pitchers from the left side, Fernando Valenzuela uh, just saw he got his number retired out there in Los Angeles. And uh, it's going to be rocking out there in L.A. And tomorrow's going to be the start of a very important week of games for the Brew Crew before they return home for the border battle. And, uh, Augie, we appreciate your analysis as always. Yeah, it's going to be a great game tomorrow. I'll tell you what. Freddie gives you everything he's got. He's throwing the ball very well. I really like it. I think in the last several starts, he's got this good balance point, and he's staying on top of the ball, being able to locate better. So he's going to give you everything he's got. They got sweep on their mind. They got to win tomorrow. Is their number, the most important game of the year for them. And uh, to get that to go out to the West Coast would be huge. It would be huge indeed. Jerry Augustine here on WTMJ. Thank you as always. We're going to talk who's hot coming up next right here on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. Want a quick program? You know, we won't have Devin Williams, or uh, excuse me, we won't have uh, Craig Council audio here tonight as uh, on Big Fox. We normally snag it from our friends at Bally Sports. So tonight, no correct counsel. But up next, we're going to have a, a quick scoreboard schedule preview of what's to come here for the rest of the month and how stressful things are going to get for you Brewers fans. But uh, right now, it's time for Who's Hot. And it's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. 
Trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider, and it's their end-of-summer sales event. Save up to $2,000 on qualifying Daikin furnace or AC units through the end of the month. Schedule your appointment today and view all other promotions at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical, families helping families since 1912. Devin Williams has been on a roll as of late. We know that, but suddenly... The swing and miss merchant has really found his groove with the swings and misses once again. Now, ever since that blown save in Washington two Wednesdays ago, he has only allowed two base runners over his last five outings. And in those five outings, he has struck out a total of 10 batters. So he's got 15 outs. 10 of those last 15 outs are strikeouts. Just taking care of it himself. And even before that, the swing and miss merchant stuff started to pop off for him. And he hadn't had a blown save. And he only had one blown save in the month of July. That was against uh, the Cubs. And then the stretch from there against Cincinnati. He went. They went 0 for 27 against Devin Williams this year. The Reds did. 0 for 27. The swing and miss merchant was getting multiple strikeouts in just about every game he faced Cincinnati. I mean, at one point, he faced Cincinnati five straight games and, and then also seven of nine in July and just continued to mow them down like it was nothing. Devin Williams, very quietly, continues to be fantastic for the back end of the Brewers' bullpen. As for the the crew and their bullpen itself, I've brought up this stat before. I want to bring it up again. It's called win probability added. And we talk about it's really hard to quantify what bullpens are able to do and how they're able to help a team. Uh, You know, you don't want to use just ERA because that's skewed and includes all the games. Win probability added is a very complex stat thanks to our friends at Fangraphs. But it's, it's exactly as it sounds, meaning, hey, does this add or hurt your chance to win a game. So good bullpens, it's a positive number. Bad bullpens, it's a negative number. Like, for instance, the uh, the Cardinals' bullpen has been atrocious. They have a negative 4.68 rating for win probability added. So it's really win probability subtracted with their bullpen as a unit. That's the third worst in all of baseball. Whereas the Brewers, for their bullpen unit, it's the best win probability added in all of baseball, 6.79. So it, it's not quite war you know, where you say, oh, it's worth six wins. Not quite like that. But basically saying they've had their chances in adding wins and adding the chance to win more often than not. Again, that's the biggest number in baseball from a bullpen unit. And it checks out because other bullpens that are similarly strong are nearby. The Blue Jays' bullpen is in second. The Mariners' bullpen is in fourth. The Yankees' bullpen is in fifth. And it allows to compartmentalize. Like the Yankees, their problem hasn't been the bullpen. It's been their offense. Sound familiar? It's the Brewers. So that's why we look at advanced numbers like that. Then we find a way to quantify things to make sure things are uh, in the right direction. Uh, We're going to talk about the schedule up ahead here coming up next and why uh, it's not going to get any easier here pretty soon as uh, you get ready to wrap up with the White Sox tomorrow. Then we'll have some highlights a little bit later on in the show as well. Stay with us. We're with you until just after the 10 o'clock hour right here on WTMJ. Let's look ahead here. We know what the rest of this road trip will hold for the Brewers. I'm Dom Catronio. But Dodgers, Rangers... Twins, Padres, Cubs, Phillies. 
Every single one of those teams, except for the Padres, is in a playoff position right now. Dodgers, Rangers, Twins, then three against the Padres, who are still a very good team, and no one knows why they can't win, but it is what it is. Cubs, Phillies, all in a row against playoff teams. Kind of like that stretch right before this 13-game stretch where things were looking dicey. Then things take a little bit of a breather. Pittsburgh, trap game. Go to New York. Who knows? Aaron Judge. But then they won't really have much offense otherwise. Uh, Miami for four back at home. Washington for three back at home. That's now we're, we're well into September at this point. Uh, and then the Brewers, you know, after they face Miami, they will face Washington, St. Louis, Miami again, St. Louis again to set the stage for the Cubs. And it's going to be a hard ask, and I'm not going to sit here and realistically ask the Brewers to do this, but if you somehow sweep that series at Wrigley, somehow sweep that series at Wrigley, you will have already claimed the season series against the Cubs. Now, it could be all for naught. You still just got to end up one game ahead of the Cubs. But that gives you an extra game to play with. I, I imagine this is going to come down to the last week of the season, though, to say the least. To have the tiebreaker on both the Cubs and the Reds is going to be so useful down the stretch. And even in a, in a tiebreaker scenario, if something happens where the Brewers fall out of first place and they're both in second or in a wild card positioning and something like that happens, this it's gut check time, man. This is the team that the Brewers wanted to have, right? Aside from a few injuries like Telez and Mitchell, and I quick thing on Mitchell here, uh, got word that the Brewers are thinking. Now, this is non-committal. This is not set in stone. But this is something we talked about on Brewers Weekly when the injury happened back in April, that Garrett Mitchell is doing activities. Now, I'm not saying baseball activities. He is moving around. He is recovering well. Everything has gone according to plan. And there is a chance, a chance that in a postseason scenario, he could return as a pinch runner onto the roster. Now, he hasn't swung a bat, he's getting closer, but he hasn't done anything baseball-specific related, and we're still a month and a half from the postseason even beginning on October 3rd. So, just keep that in mind, Garrett Mitchell could be helping out things down the stretch, but otherwise, I mean, you've got all five of the starters you thought you were going to start the year with and have them in the rotation right now, aside from Eric Lauer. You know, you would have liked to have had him in the rotation, maybe Hauser in the bullpen, but Hauser has pitched well as of late. You've got... Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Miley, Hauser, all lined up like you want to. This is the stretch. This is where you find out what you're made of. And you can also send a message to the rest of the league because the Cubs, they don't have the hardest of schedules over these next few weeks. Now, once they're done with the Blue Jays right now, things start to lighten on them as they will come here for a crosstown series, I should say, to Wrigley for a crosstown series with the White Sox. They will host the Royals, they will go to Detroit, and they will go to Pittsburgh. So they've got an easy stretch between now and that matchup at Wrigley Field coming up on August uh, August 28th, 29th, and 30th. Those will be the last three games of the year down on the north side. So keep that in mind. Don't panic. Uh, we got a lot of season to go. 44 games to be exact. Brewers win 3-2 tonight. We're going to relive it coming up next. We'll have an ID during this as well. Brewers win 3-2. Highlights after this on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Go! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. 
Brewers and White Sox, game two of the three-game series down here on the south side. Brandon Woodruff going up against Jesse Schultens in this one. Woodruff got off to a little bit of a fast start in the first two innings, and then things hit a speed bump in the third. A double by Gavin Sheets, a single by Oscar Polas, and then an infield grounder that turned into a run to make it 1-0. And then they would add another run with the White Sox, a solo homer in the sixth inning. So it's 2-0, and the Brewers had no answer for Jesse Schultens for the majority of this game. But then in the seventh, he finally ran out of gas. A leadoff walk to Mark Canna, a single by Monasterio. First and second, a deep fly ball by Terang moved the runners to second and third. And with two strikes on him, Tyrone Taylor came through. The 1-2 pitch. Line drive in the left field. Back goes Benintendi. He won't get it. It lands. It bounces. It rolls to the fence. And this will tie the game. From third, Canna. From second, Monasterio. They each cross on a two-run double by Tyrone Taylor. Brand new ball game in the seventh. It's 2-2. Two to two. Tyrone has been hot as of late since coming back from the injured list. He's now eight for his last 25. But the Brewers weren't done in that seventh inning. The White Sox went to the bullpen and Brian Shaw, William Contreras up with a 3-1 count and first base open. What are you doing pitching to this guy? 3-1 pitch. Line drive up the middle and into left center field. A base hit. Contreras delivers yet again. In from second, Taylor. Wide turnaround first for Contreras. They'll throw in behind him, and it's not in time. He's back safely with a go-ahead RBI single. You put him up there in a clutch spot, and Mr. Clutch, he does it, it feels like, every time. 3-2 to two, Milwaukee. Josh Mowers calls here on WTMJ. Then it was in hands of the bullpen in the bottom of the seventh inning after a one-out walk by Woodruff. He was lifted after six and a third strong innings from him. Hobie Milner got the four outs that he was asked to get against Colas, Andrews, Anderson, and Benintendi. Mon uh, Jimenez was retired by Piguero, and then Devin Williams had the ninth. Despite a leadoff single by Yohan Moncada, it was really stress-free. A strikeout, a strikeout, and the last hope was Trace Thompson. The one-two pitch. Swing and a miss! He struck him out! The airbender again! And the Brewers have won their third game in a row. They've taken this series here in Chicago. Your final score tonight, Brewers three and the White Sox two. Lane Grindle's call here as the Brewers get another one-run victory. They're now 24-10 in such games. They've won the series. They go for the sweep tomorrow. We'll wrap up the program right after this preview what the broadcast schedule looks like on WTMJ. Alrighty then, let's say goodnight, shall we? The Brewers and White Sox will wrap up this three-game series tomorrow. First pitch scheduled for 110 right here on WTMJ. It'll be uh, Jeff and Lane on the call. Off day on Monday and then off to Los Angeles. And don't worry, if you don't want to stay up late with us uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, the last West Coast trip of the season for the crew, we've got these shows all archived Brewers All Access, so you can hear the post-game show after it happens. We know there's not going to be many texts or calls after those late nights. But, hey, we'll be here ready for you staying up late no matter what happens, the Brewers and the Dodgers, this week. We'll be on the air tomorrow, though, at a normal time, noon.
Brewers warm-up. I've got you covered as the Brewers get ready for the White Sox. Uh, had a great chat with Matt Arnold earlier today on the show. See who we can track down tomorrow. See if we can have some fun with it uh, for Brewers warm-up before we toss it to the network at 12.35. And then the uh, first pitch schedule for one ten Back on Valley Sports, if you're one of the folks that likes to sync up your television. Valley again tomorrow, back to normal. Everything is A-OK. Brewers going for the sweep. Dylan Cease versus Freddie Peralta. Can't wait to watch it. Hope to see you here at the ballpark. And I'll tell you what, the roar on that final out, uh, the highlight we just played here on Devin Williams. Whew. Kudos to you, Brewers fans, coming on down here. It sounded sounded pretty loud. I heard you guys. Now, let's, let's tap the brakes here. Not going to say it was like a Cubs crowd at American Family Field because we know how that goes. But it was noticeable. It was very noticeable how loud the Brewers crowd was here tonight making the drive down. I-94. So appreciate all the support out here. Hope to see you all at Wrigley in a few weeks as well if you can make it behind enemy lines there as well. My thanks to Jerry Augustine for joining us on the program. It'll be Craig Kishan tomorrow. And my thanks to our producer, Matt Sossler. I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers win 3-2. to two. They finally won a game without extra innings. And they'll be back at it tomorrow afternoon. Until then, everybody, keep on swinging.